will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. All right, here we go. Episode 12, baby, Life After Addiction. Uh, Today, Bruce, we're going to talk about control issues. Uh, and this could get deep. There's there's a lot of facets. I'm offended by that. <laughs> <laughs> Control issues, a lot of different facets. Bruce, lead us in here, man. Okay, man. Uh, I, I just want to say that you know the world we live in, in general, right, and some of the problems we have that we deal with on a daily uh, is that we're just we're trying to control everything, and this mentality of I deserve. And therefore, I, that's the plan. It has to be that. And if it looks anything different than that, then it's wrong. Uh, as even going down the path of, like I said, I'm offended by that. You know, we 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 live, especially here in America now, where it's just like you can't. You're not allowed to offend anybody. Mm. And that that just cannibalizes on itself because you can't have laws in that that scenario. But what I want to talk about today is is expectations. Mm, yeah. When when we're dealing with Ooh. expectations that aren't real, or that the expectation could be valid, but that we convince ourselves that if it looks anything different than that, then it's wrong. And so we're constantly trying to control the outcomes of those things. And you know, if we live in a world that says you have to make it happen. It's it's up to you, and you, whatever you, mind, you set your mind to, you can accomplish. And so that tells me that whatever it is that I plan, it, it, I can make it happen. And if it looks different than that, then it means I've failed. Mm. And everyone else who caused that failure that I can blame, and therefore uh, the expectation just you know doesn't happen, and, and therefore I, I'm left with resentment, bitterness, frustration, anger, you know these kinds of things. Yeah. So control, man. So there's inside of control. The the reason that we have control issues is is vast, but inside of that is expectations. Bruce, is there fear? I, I think so often that man, from personal experience and from working with the the reason that the control takes place when. Every system of addiction recovery that I'm aware of tells you to lose control to some extent to something. Why do people, I mean, let's, let's get to the heart. Why do people have this need to control everything in their life? Yeah, and the other side of that is that they didn't trust God. Mm. And so these are two things that go side by side when we're trying to control things uh, is because we're not trusting the outcome to anything else. Wow. And we have to be in charge of that. And the the end result of this thing is 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 that we just set expectations and then if they don't turn out the way we want them to, then we start controlling it so that it does. Uh, because we deserve right the the outcome to be the way we planned it to be. And when it doesn't happen that way, then there's a failure involved. There's something wrong with that. Either I failed or somebody else failed it, and so there's this frustration that's left, this bitterness, this resentment that gets formed because it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to turn out. Yeah, and so I think the control, I just want to give like a brief example. Um, just to, so, and again, kind of a, a simple example, but here, here's what we mean. There's certain people um, 
And this is one way of control, one response or one outcome of control that have to control all of the environment around them and people around them, the situations that they're in. And if that does not happen, it is chaos in their in their body and their mind, which leads to anxiety and pressure and anger. And they feel just and they they feel so out of control that a lot of people will numb that right if if they can't be in control. Uh, and and so on another side of that, most of the time when we when we're working with men uh, and sometimes women in your classes that come. Um, with addictions to chemicals, not only did some maybe lack of control cause them to turn to drugs and alcohol, but inside of an active addiction, man, you better have you better be able to control that environment, or you're not going to be in an addiction very long. Are you? You've got to be on it, and the exhaustive nature of having to keep up with all that yeah. is is just why some people just give up at some point, or you start slacking on it, you're getting caught, you can't control it as well as you used to, and and these kind of factors. And we all know somebody in our life, inside or outside of addiction, that has control issues. Yeah. And we see the effects of that, not just within themselves, uh, but the people around them have to deal with that all the time. Uh, micromanaging, just you know, this this whole aspect of trying to control every aspect. Of I take it. offense to that. <laughs> and so, yeah, like what you said, in addiction, we're dealing with that kind of stuff all the time. I can't tell you how many conversations I have with people who who tell me, "Look, you tell me the plan, and then if I agree to it, then I'll do it." And I'm like, man, that mm. just that's not the way it works in the kingdom of God. Like, it's okay to have expectations, but we have to be open to how those might change. And that we don't get resentful about it because our trust is in that God has a plan for us. And it is not of our destruction, but is of a future and a hope, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Yeah. And so what we're doing is we're saying, man, I can't help but plan because that's the way God made us as human beings. We, we think differently than any other creature. And part of that is we set goals for ourselves. We, we plan. We have we dreams. <laughs> yeah, and and the but the idea is that we can do that inside the realm of God's control, and trusting that His outcomes are going to be better than anything we can imagine. That's right, and that there are boundaries that I have to set within setting those expectations, and I'm open to how God changes that, and and that's okay because God can can do something that I can't. Yeah, uh, but trying to bring somebody from the way they used to looking at it into the way God wants you to look at it is difficult. Yeah, yeah. And and also, uh, I think brilliantly have you addressed, and I believe we've both addressed, the person that's having expectations. But we also see someone super struggling, and, and I think this ties into some kind of control and expectation on their part, but someone who's super struggling because of expectations that have been put on them, either by the family name, the parents, the wife, the girlfriend, the coach, the blood, blah, and on and on I can go. And when those expectations are not met, I feel less than, I feel worthless, I feel that I can't meet these things, I'm not going to live up to this expectation. Um, oftentimes I would say that's inside their head, some of it, uh, that, that maybe the family didn't put these expectations, but sometimes it's real. Yeah, sometimes it's really real. It's I real. Mean, and some of that also is caused by the nature of our addiction and that people feel like, they have to try to control us because they don't trust us and, and these kind of things. But I would say in general, like, and I use that phrase a lot, I don't know why, but 
the world itself, the cultures that we live in, uh, there are expectations that are placed upon us in our own world. And it's the expectations of living in America versus living in India or whatever those belief systems are, you know, the, these things that we're supposed to take on that has been predetermined uh, of the way life is and the expectation that you're going to fall in line with that uh, is just, we're already fighting against that in the kingdom of God. Yeah. And this is this pressure of, of what that looks like. Uh, and, you know, when, it, when, when we start walking in the will of God, we start leaning on him for the conclusion of the outcomes of our life, we get stronger and better and more confident and assured in, in the way those things turn out uh, that we're able to handle the expectations of the world against that right. in a better way, meaning, you know, I see what you're doing, but that doesn't mean that it has to apply to me kind of thing. That's right. Yeah, and I think as long as, as the, the advice that I would give, uh, because that is a real thing, man. There's, there's people, um, a lot of times someone will come from a family who's um, uh, successful, their brothers, their sisters are successful, and they aren't. And this weight is on them. And I would say this, the advice I would give that person is, line up the expectations with what the Bible says, what God's expectations are, uh, and, and then everything else, man. Expectations from, I have expectations of my kids, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, but the, what you're doing with that, what you're allowing it to do inside of you, and, and it's what's giving you worth, Go back to episode, I'm not sure, we talked about identity. When your identity is rooted in Christ, you can line up these expectations with what God's word says, and you can say, okay, these are good for me, and I'm going to strive to do those, but it doesn't define who I am. Christ does. Christ is my identity. Uh, and, and I think that could help with some of that because, man, this control, these expectations, man, at the root of it, at the heart of it, that is causing a huge, huge just separation inside of, of a person's heart uh, with family, with God, with, with moving forward in life, with coming out of this pit of addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it just it deals with their worth, and so it's a big, big issue. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd like to say that you know what God does in place of that anxiety, trying to meet these expectations and seeing that you know I'm offended if it doesn't work out this way, is that God gives us a peace that the Bible says surpasses understanding. That means it's not a peace that I can come up with or the world can give me. It's what God gives me. And in that peace, God says, look, can you be vulnerable? Meaning, stop trying to control it all and be open to how God makes those decisions for us, leads us down paths we thought we would never go down. And that it's okay to set expectations, like you said, but uh, but that we're okay with how God is going to change that. Yeah. And that we're open to that. That brings about a peace, meaning, man, I don't have to know what the end result is going to be. I don't have to know the outcomes of everything in my life. I don't even have to know what the outcomes or try to control that in somebody else. And there's a... There's a relief that comes from that, a freedom that comes mm. from that, a peace, a rest yeah. that comes from that saying, you know what? And, and, and Jesus addressed this. He says, you know, we have enough worries for today than to worry about tomorrow. And I think that's where, you know, hey, just for today or, you know, these kinds of other sayings that we, we hear uh, comes from. Yeah, tomorrow will worry about itself. Tomorrow will worry about itself. And so 
what that means is, man, try to stop trying to control the outcomes of every single thing and, yeah. and just try to be okay with what's happening today, what's in front of you today. God will show us the next step. And I, that's so contrary to the world, what the world tells us, which is, man, no, you have to make the plans. You have to ensure that they turn out the way you want them to. Therefore, you can have peace when you do that. But that's not where peace comes from. That's frustration and and bitterness and resentment because when things change, then it's not what we expected and therefore it's wrong and I failed or whatever that implies. Yeah, and and so I want to kind of comment to that because that's an incredible discussion about worrying about tomorrow. And at the same time, God's given... Some of us minds, some, some people have a, a strategic mind, right? Uh, and when we aren't focusing that on bringing God glory and when we're focusing it on control, here's what that looks like. I'm 36 moves ahead of someone, right? I'm 17 conversations later and we're still talking now, but I know what I'm going to say when this comes up because I know it's going to come up. Yeah, I'm not even listening to you right now because I'm thinking about what I'm going to say next. Right. And so God, <laughs> so here's what I'll say. God gave people strategic minds, but when you give gifts of God to bring you glory or to bring you uh, whatever, to make your outcome be controlled and what you want, it will always end badly, man. You'll, you'll, go, you'll go insane. Now, Try using that same mind to bring God glory and watch what's happened. Well, how do I do that? Well, I, I get it. Sometimes you can't turn off thinking about the next steps, and God's given you that. Maybe a planner or maybe someone to, to be a strategist. But in your strategy, instead of thinking about what you are going to say or do, think about how you could bring God glory in these things. Mm-hmm. And just watch how that affects things because it takes the pressure right off of you. God, I'm going to do this for you. And if it fails, it fails. If, but that's on you, God. You, you, what, you, what you're going to do is either going to succeed or fail because you so desire, not because of this old boy. You know? Yeah, and then you have to redefine that because God's not going to fail. It's, his will always is what the outcome is. Uh, you're the one failing to like, go along with that. Right. Man, let, let, you know, this show is called what again? Life after addiction. Right. So let's let's, let's end this with what does this mean in the context of life after addiction? Meaning I've recovered uh, what I once was, I'm not anymore. And so within the context of control issues and these things, it's like, let's look at it this way. Look, I was once irresponsible. Mm. I couldn't be trusted. Even with my own plans, they never turned out the way, even if I had a good expectation for it because it was always you know, interrupted by my drug use or the things that I needed to do for myself in order for that to happen. And so there, everything else went to the wayside. And here I am, you know, recovered, living a different life, and I'm getting friction already from everyone else besides me. Like, I'm okay with, let's just say, I'm okay with not setting expectations, letting God, you know, control the outcomes of things. And But as soon as I start trying to say to somebody else who knew me from before, Right. Uh, the first thing I'm going to get is, oh, now you want to be responsible. Mm-hmm. Oh, now you want to set, you know, uh, goals for yourself. It's like, I mean, I can't trust that. I mean, you've done that plenty of times before, and I, I have to try to control you. I have to question everything you're doing because you you are still that irresponsible person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you're going to you're going to be confronted with that. And so, man, even if you're okay with this new direction God's giving you and not trying to control those expectations, other people are still going to press upon you. 
what their expectations are of you, or even when you're trying to have an open expectation and set goals that people are just like, you know, you're going to like approach you with, well, now you want to be responsible. Now you want to like take things in your own hands. It's like, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So perfect transition to our question. Uh, here's a question. Explain the importance of not letting sin keep you down or let sin hurt your relationship with Christ and your growth in spiritual things and your growth in your spiritual process, the one degree of glory to the next. So importance, discuss the importance of not letting sin keep you down, hurt your relationship with God, and grow. Right. Here, here's an expectation, <laughs> and this is going to bust everybody's bubble right here, is you're not perfect. Boom, bada bing. So if your expectation is you're going to be perfect, then... I'm offended by that. <laughs> <laughs> you failed already, right? Uh, and, but the, the life that God calls us to live under the blood of Christ is that we've been forgiven. It's not our perfection. It's the perfection in Christ that we live for, meaning that you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Like you're going to, but if you look at it like I have to be perfect and when I'm not, then it's this guilt, this shame, that's this, it. this thing that I'm carrying that is frustrating me, making me look at myself, my identity differently. Uh, then yeah, you're going to have this glooming, looming, dark cloud over you all the time that says, man, you're never going to be anything. You know, you're right. just like everybody thought you were going to be. You're just the same old addict you've always been. And every mistake you make, it's like when pulling you down to like, i got to start over. I mean, everything I've done is lost. And, you know, we, we can talk about relapse. That'll be another episode. But in that, you know, these failures that we have, it's because you've set an expectation that you're going to be perfect. Or that everything in life is going to turn out a bed of roses now because of the changes that you made in your life that God's now with you and, and this is where your, your goals are being set in life. And that's just something that we, I mean, that's going to cause anxiety. That's, yeah. going, to, that's going to place fear upon me. Yeah. And, and it's going and to hurt your relationship. It's, it's going to keep yeah, you down. It's going all to of those make things. me think that I'm not good enough or you know whatever it is that I think in my relationship with God. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, and I'll say this. It, Discuss the importance. It is vastly important not to let sin keep you down. And the question would be, why would it? The, the, that's the point. And I've said this before, and maybe I heard it before, but I, I know, so I've repeated it. But the feeling of the shame and the guilt and all of that comes from you feeling like a failure or a fraud. And here's the reality of the truth. You are a failure. You are a fraud. That's the point of the cross of Jesus Christ. You can't, he did. And so by you recognizing that, when the enemy shoots the arrow of, you're a fake, you're a fake, you're a fraud, agree with him and thank Jesus. Yeah. And, and, and the, the, the thing, that's the point of the cross. And when you live in that, you're saying the cross wasn't sufficient. Now, I say that, but I also want to add this. That doesn't mean that you just flippantly go through life, I'm redeemed. No, you get violent against sin. Maybe you're on the side of the addiction. You're not, you're not tempted with drugs or alcohol anymore, but maybe it's a sexual sin. Maybe it's a, a lust or a pride. Get violent against that. Don't be okay with it. Thank God for, for saving you from that, for paying for that. Seek forgiveness, repent, turn, and hate your sin. That's what you do. You're a pretty controversial guy, Adam, you know, and, and, and you, you've just offended a lot of people. And so, I <laughs> help 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 our listeners understand what you mean by when you say get violent. Get violent, not against people or against places or against 
anything, but against the very urge inside of you that says the answer to this situation is sin. I get violent. Why? Because one, it offends God. God's heart is hurt. Two, because you know it ends badly. Let's just say it's sex. And you know that, man, the answer to this lust stirring up in my heart, the answer to this is going to be sex, even though without not being married or however it is, even though God says that that's not the way to do it, and I know that it ends badly, and I know it's going to end in me being full of shame. Get violent against that thought. How do you do that? Man, the same way you would if someone kicked your door in in the middle of the night, you don't play games. Right. So I think what you're saying is you've got to be absolutely serious about what you're doing. In, in the sense of it's life and death, uh, it's evil against good. It's, it's this thing. It reminds me of the armor of God, right? Like yeah. it gives us these six pieces of armor. Yeah. And when we're talking about armor, we're talking about somebody in, under the context of you're going in battle, mm. right? So when you get violent, I mean, that's all war is. It's violent. Yeah. But the five pieces of that armament are defensive pieces of armament, right? You're right. defending you know, the thing. And man, somebody helped me with this in that I used to think that uh, the goal was that I have to be good, right? And so I'm at war with everything that's that's you know, and and I'm trying to fight my way into being good. But the reality is that God says you're already good if you're yeah. covered in the blood of Christ. That's and right. what you're doing is you're defending that goodness. So what we're doing is we're getting violent against the things you're trying to rob us of the things that we already are, and that's a whole different stance to see things versus. The way we might in, in this, I mean, I'm, I have anxiety, I've got fear, I feel guilty, I have shame of things I'm doing, you know. No, that's the whole point of the cross is you've been forgiven. Yes. If you're a believer, let me, let me end with this because I think this is probably the, the pinnacle of how you can answer this question. Jesus came and the Sermon on the Mount, when he gave us the Beatitudes, right, it crushed not only the religious leaders, right, but everybody else who had been impressed by them of what God was, what their expectations were of the people. And, and, and so God says in, in, the, in the very first blessing that he gives, he says, blessed those who are poor in spirit because the kingdom of God is theirs. Mm. And the reason I say that crushed everything is because he's basically what he's saying is, I've come for those not who are righteous, but those who know they're not and their need for him. Yeah, yeah. And so what he did with the religious leaders in making that statement is saying, you are not it. All your efforts, your expectations of what you think you have to be righteous and accepted by God, that's not it. Yeah. It's for those who know that they're not righteous based on your expectations, religious leaders who have pressed this upon you, but they're, you're poor in spirit. You, mm. you realize your need for God and that you can't be righteous without God. It's his perfection, not yours. Mm. Yeah. No, man, that's good. That's, all, that's the time we have today, though. We've talked about, man, control. We've talked about uh, not having it. We've talked about, man, expectations. And now we've talked about how the uh, not allowing sin to, to cause us to be in the pit anymore. Uh, hope you've enjoyed it. It's been it's been great talking to you. Hey, we've got some juicy episodes coming up. Get ready to listen. Thanks for joining us. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org.
Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, or art to make, or perhaps businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. If you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, Search and follow the Messenger Movement podcast on your favorite podcast platform today or lifeaudio.com.